This is my tribe. 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 tribe. What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. What's up? What's up? What's up? What are you pointing at? What? Terrible joke. Terrible joke. How is everyone doing? What is the question? You're not trying to stop me. It sounds like you're... Speak your word. Michael Minakushi, everyone. Let's give it up for Michael. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be here all week. Um... (laughs) Gosh, Michael, what a guy. Um, How's everyone doing? How is everyone really doing? Good. So what? I love you too. Say it back. We go through this every time. If you force someone to say, I love you back, do they really love you? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I pray for Chloe all the time. Not really. I do. I'm going to pray for her right now because... Anyways, we're getting off track. Um, I don't really understand that concept, which kind of works with tonight's message that we're starting a new series called Explain. There is no shortage of things that I wish I understood completely, things that I wish someone could explain the answers to me about, like I don't understand why I can't lick my elbow. Anyone in the room able to lick their elbow? No? Yes? When was the last time you tried to lick your elbow? I can't lick my elbow. I can't explain why. Um, I don't know if a gif is pronounced jif or gif. Um, I don't know how the internet works. I don't understand how ones and zeros can compute to Amazon knowing that I want to buy a 15-pound bag of coffee. I don't understand why Iceland is green and Greenland is covered in ice, why we drive on parkways but park in driveways. I don't understand why the popular vote in America doesn't actually decide who the president is. I don't know what happened to Carol Baskin. There are just many things in life that I don't know or that I don't understand. And I would say that some of you in the room today 
are right there with me. There are some things that you don't know and that you don't understand. And while I love an explanation for these things, it makes me consider something else that perhaps many of us would like explained to us. The Bible. It doesn't sound as thrilling as a tiger killing drama, but the Bible is filled with a lot of things that capture our attention and that a lot of us in the room don't understand. But when we really think about it, sometimes the Bible seems confusing as the American electoral process. If we want to make any sense of it, it really needs to be explained to us. You see, most of these things we want explained are things that we are interested in, but the problem is that most of us, if we're honest, including myself, when it comes to the Bible, we don't necessarily want an explanation. We don't think about it a lot, and when we do, we really don't feel anything. It's very rare that I meet a middle schooler or a high schooler that's just like, I absolutely love reading my Bible. I could say in this room that there's probably five of you that if I were to guess, you absolutely love reading your Bible. When I was growing up, people always talked about how the Bible was extremely life-changing. But when I read it, I feel like it didn't change anything. They said, read the Bible and you'll be less anxious. When I read the Bible, I still felt anxious. They said, read the Bible and you would change the way that you deal with your brother. And I read the Bible and I still threw knives at my brother on Christmas. Like, things didn't really change for me. They said, read the Bible and you'll start to feel great about yourself. And I read the Bible and I felt the same way about myself as before I started reading the Bible. So we're left wondering how exactly is this life-changing? There's also people that say, use the Bible to convince other people that they're doing something wrong. They're like, why would I get excited about something that is used to talk down to other people? And we could spend a whole lot of time on this topic, but we're not going to. So some people use the Bible for bad. The Bible has been explained to you by different people, but they all say different things. That's where I was as a middle schooler. I had people read the Bible or use the Bible or biblical passages to explain different things, even though this pastor and this pastor used the same verses to say completely different things. What one person says might contradict what another person says. Yet they both talk with authority like they know the right way to understand the Bible. Because of that, we're left just feeling confused. So if we were to think about the Bible, the whole book itself, a lot of us would think, oh, this is a great book that has some cool history lessons in it. Some people, like we said, will use the Bible as a weapon to marginalize an entire group of people or an entire way of life. Some people, not me, look at the Bible like a cup of coffee. To me, a cup of coffee is a cup of coffee. But they look at the Bible as a refreshing way to energize and start their morning, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I still need my cup of coffee. There's some people that look at the Bible as a book of fiction, a Bible that is just full of stories that are made up. Was there really an Adam and Eve? Was there really a David and Goliath? We don't know. These are just cute stories that someone wrote down and said we needed to follow. And some people look at it as an instruction manual 
that is telling them how they should live their lives every single day to make people fall radically in love with Jesus. So there's no wonder we're wonder we're left wondering what exactly is the purpose of the Bible? What's the point? And what good does it do for us here and now? If I had to guess, I would imagine almost all of us have even more questions about the Bible than I just mentioned. And before we jump into this series, before we learn more about how we can read the Bible, I want to tell you this. I wish I could sit down with all of you at my favorite coffee shop or at your favorite place that you go um, and tell you that this is a safe place, that Tribe Night, that Cornerstone is a safe place for you to wrestle with the questions that you have about the Bible. I was there at your age. I still wrestle with some of the things that the Bible says. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wrestling with it as long as you're doing it in the right place and in a safe environment. You don't have to put your doubt, your curiosity, your frustrations with the Bible aside when you show up here. You can bring all of that with you. And if we don't know the answer, we're committed to helping you figure it out alongside you. Every question is okay here. And honestly, it's one of the reasons that I love Tribe Night. It's one of the reasons that I love my job, I love getting questions from students that say, I don't completely understand why I can't have sex before marriage. Explain it to me. I don't agree with it. All of my friends are doing it. I don't completely understand why it's not okay for me to smoke or cuss or listen to bad music. Explain it to me. Or it might be something even bigger than that. I don't completely believe that God exists. Since I've been here just a little over a year, I've answered all of those questions with various students because I believe if you're wrestling with it alone and you're not willing to talk to someone about it, it's a very dangerous situation. So we won't answer every question that you have about the Bible in this series. We'll have some answers and some better questions and some new ways of thinking about the Bible But the hope is that you take a deeper look at the Bible over the next few weeks, and we'll be able to walk away with at least a little bit more of it explained. And I'll be the first one to say, I don't know everything about the Bible, and I don't know everything about this Christian life. If any of you know my story, or if you remember the parts of my story that I've shared with you, there's been a lot of hurt in my life, and I don't understand why. Kind of like what Pastor Michael was talking about this morning, why do bad things happen to good people. That was my entire high school career, wrestling with God about that question. But not once did I ask it at church. And the one time that I even hinted at it to a pastor, he told me I needed to have more faith. And as a 16-year-old boy, I didn't really know what that meant. And so I just want you to know that this is a safe place, and we're going to learn more about how to interpret and read the Bible together. So to start off, the Bible is divided into two big sections. The Old Testament, which is everything before Jesus was born, which this is the part of the Bible that most people normally skip over because it has a lot of things in it and a lot of words in it that a lot of us don't know how to pronounce, me included. And then there's the New Testament, 
It tells the story about everything after Jesus came, how Jesus came from heaven to earth as a baby, and that's why we celebrate Christmas, to die on a cross for our sins, and died and rose again. That's why we celebrate Easter, so that you and I could one day be in heaven with him, that he died for all of our sins. So a lot of people talk about the books of the Bible, but in reality, it's not books within a book. It's a combination of history. It's a combination of eyewitness accounts. It's a combination of songs that are written, poems that are written, a combination of journals and other documents that all create the Bible. So with that in mind, I want to look at one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, which means it's in the New Testament. So what we're going to look at tonight was written by a guy named John. John lived longer than any of Jesus' other disciples. When he was old, he decided that he was going to write down all of his, all of his interactions with Jesus, his eyewitness accounts, about everything that he remembered about Jesus and all the interactions he had with him. He may have been one of the last people living who actually remembered hanging out with Jesus. And John starts out by telling us what happened with Jesus, not by not telling us what happened with Jesus, but instead telling us why it happened. I imagine that John started this way because he was older and had time to think through his entire experience with, John, uh, with Jesus. So John starts it out this way. So let's look at John chapter 1, verse 1 together. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You may be thinking, this doesn't explain anything. It actually sounds like a riddle. This is probably one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. John chapter 1, verse 1. Because in this verse, we hear that Jesus, which is the word, was there at the creation of everything. He would have known that the word, God's word was really important to the Jewish scriptures. So John grew up, he was a Jew just like Jesus. He grew up learning the Jewish scriptures, which is what makes up a lot of the Old Testament. And God spoke a word and all of creation came to be. So God's word is more than just God's sounds and syllables. God's word had power. It had essence. It re represented everything about who he is himself. So God's word already re always reflects who God is. So what John was telling us in this passage was about Jesus. But the same is true when we see God's word. It reflects him. It tells us who he is and what he's about. You see, the point of the Bible is to know God better. John then took it one step further. He said, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. In this passage, John is referring to Jesus, the word of God, the power of God, the reflection of God, Jesus took on human form to come from heaven to earth, and he walked earth. People got to see what God was like because of Jesus. 
Jesus had been the word of that Jesus had been the word of God long before the ancient letters and palms were written down. You see, the words in the Bible are from God, but Jesus is the ultimate and clearest message that was ever sent to earth. He's the living and breathing word of God. Jesus came to earth to live out everything that God had for us. In other words, the biggest job of the Bible is to point us to Jesus because Jesus is the best and most perfect representation of God. So one Jewish writer who wrote to new Christians explained it this way in a letter that we called Hebrews. It says, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. You see, in the past, God used prophets to tell people what he wanted for them. But we had something even better. We had Jesus who came down, as I said, as a human to tell us exactly what God had for us. When we know Jesus better, we get to know God better. When we read our Bible, we need to read it with that one goal in mind, getting to know God by getting to know Jesus. All the questions that come to mind when we read the Bible are important and necessary to ask, but the biggest answer to the question of what is the point is Jesus. So I want you to think about this. How many of you guys have ever seen a 3D movie before? You can raise your hand. That's fine. So one of my favorite 3D movies is the Polar Express. So I know it's in regular form, but the first time I saw Polar Express in 3D, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Minus the fact that the movie felt like it was six hours long. But it was an amazing movie. It's probably one of my favorite Christmas movies. So for those of you who have raised your hand about seeing a 3D movie, how many of you have ever tried to watch a 3D movie without 3D glasses? It's extremely difficult to watch a 3D movie without 3D glasses. Say what? It doesn't make it 2D. It just makes it blurry you take your 3D glasses off and it's blurry. Ethan. So the Bible is kind of like that. The glasses help you see things more clearly and the Bible helps us see things in our lives more clearly. Jesus is kind of like putting on 3D glasses. Suddenly all the other stuff makes sense and you can see things more clearly. That's why God sent him to earth to help clear up the message that he was sending. So if you're starting to read the Bible for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, always start with Jesus. Start with what he said and what his friends said that he said, kind of like the book of John. Put most of your attention here because the point of the Bible is to know God better, and Jesus is the best place to start. So in fact, let's practice this together. Let's practice reading a passage of scripture together and kind of seeing what God wants us to learn from it. I'm going to share with you three questions that you can ask for any verse in the Bible that will help you frame up and get what God's trying to teach you out of it. So in a conversation with religious leaders, Jesus was asked which commandment was the greatest. 
And this was kind of a trap because the religious leaders knew that no matter what Jesus said was most important, it would imply that something else was less important. And here's how Jesus answered it in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 to 31. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. So basically, Jesus looks at them and says, love God and love people as much as you love yourself. That's what's most important in life. So knowing that about Jesus, let's answer these questions together. What does this verse, Mark 12, 30 through 31, what does it teach me about God? So that's the first question you can ask for any scripture. What does it teach me about God? So if we use this passage, what does it teach me about God? If Jesus cared about loving God and loving your neighbor, what does God care about? If Jesus cared about loving God and loving your neighbor, what does God care about? It's okay for you to answer. Love would be the answer. So if Jesus cared about loving God and loving our neighbor, God cares about love. What do you think that God cares about most? Does that line up with what Jesus says? Is there anything that needs to change in the way that I see God? So that first question was, what does this teach me about God? Here's the second question. What does this teach me about me? Or another way that you can ask that question is, what does this teach me about humans in general? Knowing what I learned about God by answering the first question, what can I learn about myself? So in this case, that verse teaches me that God assumes I love myself. It's part of loving my neighbor. So love God love your neighbor as you love yourself. So God assumes that I love myself. It's a package deal with loving God and loving others. And here's the last question. What does this teach me about how I need to live or treat others? We might read the best verse and be so inspired by it, but if we don't know how to take that verse into our everyday lives, then we won't, it won't do us much good. So ask yourself, if I put this particular verse into packet, into play, how would I treat my parents? How would I treat my siblings? How will it change my day-to-day interactions? What do I need to do differently to show my neighbors that I love them as much as I love myself? So the three questions were, what does this teach me about God, myself, and other people? These three questions can help us understand the Bible better. And as we do, we'll get to know God better. I mean, that's the whole point. The Bible helps us get to know God better. And the band can start making their way back to stage. So the truth is this. Even though it doesn't feel like it should be, the Bible can be confusing. I think everyone in the room would agree with that. But we have to remember that the point of the Bible is to know God better. And the way that we know God better is by getting to know Jesus better. Reading about Jesus is the perfect way to do that. So start by reading the Bible with Jesus in mind. Pay attention to the Jesus parts before anything else and ask the questions that we just went over. As you change the way you see the Bible, 
it'll be a good idea to talk with an adult or a tribe leader about it. That's one of the reasons we love tribe groups and small groups is because it's a safe place for you to take all of your questions that you have about the Bible and bring them so that we can help you work through them. So this week, I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you to start reading the book of John. And as you're going through the book of John, type out your thoughts into your notes on your phone or write them down in a notebook and then talk to someone about them. I truly believe that if you start to approach the Bible that way, day by day, it will get a little less confusing. So let me pray for you. God, I thank you for everything that you do. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I thank you that he is ultimately how we can get to know you better. I pray that every student in this room would spend a little more time this week reading their Bible with those three questions in mind. That maybe this week we will commit to seven days of starting with the first 15. Five minutes of reading our Bibles, five minutes of worship, and five minutes of prayer. What would it look like, God, if we just spent more time reading your word and learning what you have for us, learning more about your son, Jesus? I pray that as we get ready to go back into worship, that you would just speak to us, that if there's anything that is happening in our lives that we need hope, and if any of us are dealing with anxiety or pain or depression, that you would just fill us with hope and peace during this time as we start singing together. God, I thank you for my friends. I thank you that we can come to this place and that it be a safe place where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.